0: yeah hey y'all my name is Colea my pronouns are they them there and I am the creator and host of Nama Shape Podcasts what you're listening to now Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's just me. Um, If this is your first time joining the podcast, then welcome. Typically, I have someone else with me, but today it's just me because today, as in the day that I'm dropping this episode, is a pretty um, notable day for me. And I have been working on and trying to kind of figure out what it is that i wanted to do for this day for my podcast and i decided on essentially interviewing myself so that's what i plan on doing um this is a podcast about black and brown queer people and our self-care and so i'll be talking about Uh, my experiences with self-care I'm not going to do some kind of awkward thing where I ask myself the questions um, but I will answer the questions so um, typically at this point I would do um, a little icebreaker but since it's just me I'll uh, I'll list a few words of how I feel today today I feel grateful Um, optimistic and annoyed (laughs) so the first question that I always ask people is what identities do you hold and uh, I hold a lot of identities I contain multitudes Um, so let me just rattle off a few Um, I'm black I am a southerner, I am queer in that I am non-binary and a lesbian, I am a creative, Um, I'm a healer, I'm a yogi, I'm a reader, I'm polyamorous. And I will say this because I do think that it has a lot to do with my self-care practices. I'm the eldest sibling, um, which feeds into uh, being a perfectionist. And I would like to call myself a recovering perfectionist in that I am trying to unlearn um, perfectionism. And... (laughs) Just like a perfectionist would say, I fail daily. So those are some of the identities that um, I hold. Um, and these different identities inform my wellness needs and my self-care needs in a few different ways. Um, ultimately, I th- I've been really ruminating a lot on being a perfectionist and how it shows up in more ways than I really recognize um, until relatively recently. Um, it's very very intrinsic to who I am and the things that I do and the things that I don't do and how I function. And you might be saying, of course, of course those things do. Um, but I don't really feel Think I realized that until I don't know, like last week, the week before, that pretty much every fucking thing that I do <laughs> um, is the result, or I guess how I approach different things in my life um, is very heavily influenced by my um need for perfection. Um and that's really frustrating for me because I... I recognize that I can't always be perfect. And always meaning a majority of the time, no one is perfect. But that eats me alive, y'all. And so being a perfectionist, um, it affects my wellness needs and my self care needs, because sometimes it gets in the way of me actually doing these things. So I think, oh, I need to move my body today. Right. And so then I end up picturing a perfect scenario. Um, there's a nice breeze outside. Um, the bugs are gone. There's like a million cats in my neighborhood. Y'all there's like so many fucking cats. The cats are on the other side of the neighborhood. Um, and you know, I feel at peace and when one thing goes wrong, not something big like the rain, right? So I'm probably not going to spend my time outside, but something small, like (laughs) this one particular cat that is like obsessed with me and my dog, um, the whole situation feels ruined and so then I end up being like, whenever well, fucking mine, you know, I had this whole perfect scene in my head, and now, here I am, not able to play out this exact scene in my head. It's perfectionism. So, perfectionism kind of prevents me from really fully enjoying things, because they're never good enough, or they're never just quite right, um... And I'm, maybe I'm like an all or nothing kind of person. And so it really chafes my hide or some shit. Um, as far as my ident- other identities, being queer is, I used to say that it's not a huge part of me, but that's a, a whole fucking lie. It's a huge part of me and it do- does inform how I move through the world, um, And it also, in a huge way, um, informs the type of, I don't know if I wanna use the word content, but content that I take in. From the thing, like the shows or the movies that I watch on whatever streaming service, to the types of books that I read, to the friends that I have. Um, My queerness is a major part in who I am and the types of things that bring me joy. Um, I tend to, in the same way that I do with my blackness, to gravitate towards things that feel safe to be queer, things that feel safe to be black, hopefully things that feel safe to be a black queer person. (laughs) Um, And so in every way that I move, I am trying to aim to be, I want to be able to be in any space and be full of myself, be my full self. And I recognize that that's not necessarily the case. Um, Often it's not. Um, and some situations don't call for me to be my full self. I'm in the grocery store. I don't need to be my full self. I'm, I'm here to get groceries. Um, but spaces where I really um, am perhaps interacting more with people, familiar people, unfamiliar people, those are really the spaces where I would like to be able to be my full self without worrying about my safety and also without worrying about my... How I'm perceived, which is another <laughs> terrible part of perfectionism, perception, mm-hmm. and how we're, how we're read and received by people. Um, some ways that I know um, that I need to engage in self-care. This is something that I have checked myself on a lot recently. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I have had uh, to be as vague as possible, a really traumatic year. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of changes and shifts in in my identity, specifically my identity as it pertained to the family that I was born into and the family that I was creating with someone. Um, And I'm not going to lie, y'all, that shit really has fucked me up a lot. And something that I have done ever since I was out of the womb, (laughs) Um, I can never remember a time in my life when I didn't do this, um, was essentially kind of create, um, in short, daydream. And long, um, kind of create alternate realities. It's really hard to describe. And honestly, for me, it's a little bit uncomfortable to describe. Um, But my friend used the words maladaptive daydreaming. And that seems to be kind of the closest um, succinct word that describes what I do. Um, it's something that I oscillate between having a lot of shame surrounding, um, and also something that I don't know that I ever want to fully give up, um, So maladaptive daydreaming is whenever you are faced with a traumatic event or events um, essentially retreating into your head. And that can look like, (laughs) I don't know, kind of whatever you want it to look like. For me, it's perhaps alternate realities. Perhaps it's the same reality, but different um, results. Um, Yeah, it can look like a, a bunch of different things. Um, But I know that I need to engage in self-care whenever I find myself daydreaming a lot more than the usual, operating in these dream worlds that feel safer to me, that feel more gratifying to me, that feel just good me um I think that's probably the biggest sign sometimes it's harder for me to pick up on when I'm doing it because I'm just you know I'm vibing I'm I'm going through my everyday life I go to work I pay bills I go to sleep I eat um all the basic things um that I need to do to take like care of the physical aspect of me I do um when I started therapy last year, I think I started it, hmm, maybe like the beginning of the summer, 2021, and one thing that my, I've had two therapists since then, that both therapists said, um, when I was asking essentially, am I doing this right, because this shit is not fun, <laughs> um, was... If you are taking care of the basic things in your life, if you are going to work, if you're paying your bills, if you are feeding your body, hydrating your body, if you're moving your body, um, if you're doing those things that we have to do on a daily basis, then you're doing okay because sometimes that's all we can manage. And if you're manning, able to manage that, then technically you're okay. That doesn't mean that you aren't going to deal with um, grief, which is something that I've been absolutely obliterated by <laughs> over the past year. Um, it doesn't mean that, well, actually, I guess more than a year. Um, it doesn't mean that you aren't going to feel shitty. It doesn't even mean that you're necessarily going to do the best version, right? Like you're not going to eat a well-rounded meal, but hey, you bought a, a pizza and you put, pop that shit in the oven. <laughs> I'm putting it myself right now. Um, bought a pizza, put that shit in the oven. So you fed your body, you know? Um, maybe you didn't eat the healthiest thing but sometimes just feeding yourself is the great thing that you did that day and this is something that i have had to remind myself of this is something that my therapists have reminded me of of like you're doing a good job if you're doing what you can and if the things that you can do are things that are necessary to your survival, to you keeping a roof over your head, um, and food in your stomach, then you're doing a good job. And again, the perfectionist in me is like, but I should be doing better. I should be moving my body more. I should be cooking better food. I should be drinking more water. I should be doing, I should, I should, I should. y'all i can should myself into oblivion and so i'm constantly reminding myself to not (laughs) should myself into oblivion and so that's the a major way that i can tell i also um have never really been a very good sleeper and I have all these different um, rituals, routines that I do in order to try to just get get to sleep and then stay asleep. Um, Kind of have an issue with both. And and so yeah, so whenever um, sleep is tough for me, um, then I know that that's part of the issue and and not just like oh i have a hard time falling asleep but more of like oh i am avoiding sleeping or i am um waking up very often or um, yeah just different variations of not being the best sleeper um and My body will make me sit down. I mean, I think it was maybe last week or the week before where I ended up having to call in sick because I felt raggedy. And there wasn't, like I wasn't sick. I didn't have a cold, none of that stuff. It was because I had not been sleeping and the sleep that I was getting was was bad and I was running on fumes, (laughs) as I say. Um, and so I ended up having to, you know, take a sick day and, and just try to sleep and to rest and to listen to what my body needs um, and to figure out a solution so that I just wasn't going to crash and burn again. So, a summation of that, um, as far as signs that I need to engage in self care, um, are mentally, where is my head? Um, physically how does my body feel my, my body is very communicative with me and it tells me when I'm hungry it tells me when I'm sleepy it tells me when I ate something that just probably wasn't a great idea um, it tells me all those things and truly truly I just have to listen to it um, yeah that's really it just listen to it um I take care of my mind, my body, and spirit. This is probably one of my favorite questions that I ask because it's really fun to see how people take care of themselves and different things that bring people joy. Um, As far as my mind, I love to read. I like to read fiction, nonfiction. Primarily, I like to read um, black or brown from black or brown authors, specifically queer black or brown authors. That's really important to me. Um, I like to read nonfiction and like I like reading about herbalism, um, a little about yoga. Um, I just like to learn. That's something that I have always really, really enjoyed. And I could patholo- uh what is it called pathologize, My need, my desire for my dog y'all, uh, my need or my desire to, to read and to collect as much knowledge as possible because I do want to be right. (laughs) But ultimately, I also just genuinely enjoy learning and don't need to pathologize everything, even if there is a particular reason why. Um, I also enjoy a good, um, we'll say puzzle, but not necessarily in the traditional sense of like fitting pieces of cardboard together but just different brain puzzles. Those feel really satisfying and actually kind of calming for me. As far as my body goes, I really, really love finding different ways to move my body. Um, I love yoga. I've been practicing yoga for (sighs) several years now, probably close to like 15 years. Um, i love to dance (laughs) like a lot um honestly y'all i i like to do drugs um shrooms are dope edibles are great um as in weed um i like all that shit um i said all that shit and listed two things honestly i like those two things um uh, more natural things. Um, I like experiencing those things because they do make me feel different in my body and being able to kind of observe how my body can feel different and still be mine the whole way. Like it's still my body, um, but I'm experiencing it in a different way. Um, and I like to kind of tie that in with movement, you know, so maybe eat a little cookie, let that shit hit and move around. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things to do. It makes me feel like I've come home to myself. It makes me feel just absolutely full and worthy and like I'm worshiping my body. Um, was another one for move my body oh I like to masturbate (laughs) um so for body yeah I like to masturbate which I don't really like I don't know if it's like some people I think make it like a super spiritual thing which I think is great it just feels good it's also a form of like self-soothing it always has been I've masturbated again since I recognized that there was something down there um and so yeah, masturbation, it's lit. Um and I think I don't know. I I think people I I do, I think it's interesting people's attitude towards masturbation. For instance, I had someone who I no longer consider a friend, who I'm not a friend with anymore, um who thought of masturbation as a substitute um, for quote, real sex. And her definition of real sex was penis and vagina. Um, and I, I respect that. I don't think that it's wrong. I think that that's limiting the possibilities of masturbation. Um, I think masturbation can be a way of connecting with yourself, a way of telling yourself, um, your body, your mind, your spirit, um, telling all of them that you love and care and value them. Um, it could also just be like, I'm bored. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I think that masturbation is kind of an expansive thing, and as someone... Who grew up in purity culture, um, which is kind of like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a, a thing it, within Christianity um, that essentially, I feel like the foundation of purity culture is that our bodies are disgusting and horrible and dirty and we should be ashamed of any type of sexuality we have. Um, and as someone who was assigned female at birth, I was very often told that one, my body is not my own, it's God's, it's my dad's, my like, it's my heavenly father's, my earthly father's. And then, um, when I get married, obviously to a man, um, then it is my husband's and at no point was my body ever my own ever. Um, I was also told by someone who I'm actually still like adore and we're friends now and have a much different relationship that we had, um, than whenever I was in college. And, uh, she was my, uh, mentor uh, to use a, I guess a, a more accessible word, um, through college. Um, I was also told that masturbation was cheating on my future husband, which is, honestly in retrospect one of the goofiest things (laughs) i think i was told about like my sexuality as far as and, and not sexuality as far as like even who i'm attracted to sexuality is in me just being a sexual being me wanting or not wanting sex me having body parts that are capable of having sex um with or without a human being Uh, and so, but yeah, that was, that's something that I kind of still chuckle about because I remember being told that as an adult who had already been like a pro at masturbating and I was like, that sounds kind of goofy, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so masturbation is another way that I take care of my body because it feels like me coming back to myself. No pun intended with the word coming. Um, but me, um... I'm not going to try to make it sound holy, like I'm like meditating or manifesting. Honestly, I'm just trying to get a nut. But the fact that I have the power to create such pleasure for myself is pretty fucking dope. Um, and spirit. That one's really tough. I think a lot about my beliefs surrounding existence as a human being existence as a spirit as a soul um and i think the thing that i really struggle with is again going back to being a pretty i was very good christian y'all like i was a very good christian (laughs) um and the what we're taught about religion uh, about yeah about being religious versus being spiritual And how those two are supposed to um, kind of exist synergistically. Um, But it's really hard to teach spirituality, isn't it? Right? Like, and especially for someone like myself who is very much like, hey, give me, like, make this applicable, give me the steps to becoming more spiritual <laughs> I actually remember asking how to abide more um, and everyone was like wow that's such a deep question that you're asking but I genuinely was like I'm down I just need to know how give me the steps how many steps are there what's the time frame like I always have those questions so spirituality is something that I I think I have an interesting relationship with because my basis for a lot of things um for humanity for spirituality hell even for sexuality at this point well at one point um are heavily influenced by my christian upbringing um and so sometimes i'm like ooh kind of resistant to things that seem too close to my past experiences as a, as a former evangelical Christian, evangelical Pentecostal Christian. I think that's important to say. Um, so spirituality wise though, I feel most connected to the universe when I am moving my body, um, in ways that feel really good to me, um, and finding new ways to move my body that feel good to me. Um, been, I've been riding my bike a lot recently, and that feels like a spiritual experience. Um, I like locomotive movements, um, and riding a bike is very much a locomotive movement. I like moving through time and space. Um, and yeah, it feels very... That's a very um, kind of a spiritual thing for me that I didn't realize. I didn't know that my f- stuff was not on Do Not Disturb, so let's fix that. Um, there. I, I don't know that there's anything else spiritual, spirituality-wise. I'm sure that there is. I mean, I sometimes uh, journaling, duh, Claire. Uh, journaling. <laughs> journaling again has, uh, for me, has its roots in Christianity. <laughs> um, journaling was like a, I don't know what's cool and hip in Christianity now, but um, it was very cool and hip to journal your prayers to God and to communicate um, to God through journaling. Um, it's actually a practice that I have continued. Um, even though I don't consider myself to be a Christian anymore. And reason being is communicating with myself, communicating with universe, with spirit, with whoever, I don't really care how we name it. Um, I just want to be respectful in in naming it. Um, It's a really beautiful way for me to understand myself more since I am someone who processes things by seeing them, by reading them, by writing them, um, and also to like set this shit in stone, um, a lot of my manifestation um, feels more real and more possible, more possible to me whenever I, um, whenever I write it down, whenever I journal. Um, so yeah. And finally, um, something that I need to improve on in self-care. Um, doing it. (laughs) Um, I, I think the answer is back to perfectionism. Recognizing that self care is not a perfect practice, that self care will not, um, is not like the path to perfectionism. Uh, It's not a means to perfection. Um, And perfectionism won't free me. And so if something is not ideal, like the example I had earlier of wanting to do yoga on my back patio and setting this whole scene up in my head and something going wrong, you know, I'm out of the incense that I wanted to burn or the cat is (laughs) approaching my dog, which literally happened the other day. Um, The cat was thinking about approaching my dog and It was a little bit, it was a little bit touch and go there. Um, of course my dog was completely oblivious. Um, just whatever perfectionism in however it shows up, which shows up a lot and very frequently and very loudly, um, in my life. Um, being able to be more flexible, be more, um, adaptable, malleable, gracious graceful whenever things do not work out the way I want to in small ways and in big ways that is I think something I would love to be better about um because perfectionism really is something that is kind of crippling for me um and actually I I genuinely it's I think one of like the I think it's like the number one thing that kind of feeds my anxiety as well um and something that I excel at, um, I think that phew, I don't know. Okay, perfectionism isn't its—it's it's like kind of rearing its head. I think something that I excel at and self-care. diagnosing which sounds very unsexy um but i can essentially pinpoint very often i can essentially pinpoint where the issue is or was so oh you know this uh particular event was triggered by this event uh, let me think of an example, because that was very vague. Um, okay. Um, my desire that I've been working on um, to take hand-me-downs anytime they're offered, okay, that was triggered by my upbringing. There were times whenever we didn't have a lot of money as a kid. Um, Cars were repossessed, um, probably eviction notices, uh, no food in the fridge, um, you know, powers out, uh, no hot water just, you know, the standard things, um, ran out of gas a lot, um, just all sorts of things like that, and with that, and with, like, financial instability, I guess is a better way of saying it, um, in conjunction with, um, I would say specifically my dad but my mom I think definitely had a big part in this my parents refusal to buy me things that I wanted and not like I want a PlayStation (laughs) I never wanted a PlayStation we got one though because my brothers Um, but buying me name brand clothes and y'all when i say name brand clothes i'm not talking about like expensive shit i'm talking about old navy like there was a time in my childhood when old navy was the shit it was the coolest fucking thing okay and i just wanted a shirt that said old navy my parents just wouldn't um or wouldn't let me wear clothes that were in in fashion example my mom did not want me to wear um what are they being called now i don't remember what they're called now but then they were called flare and previously they were called bell bottoms (laughs) like 30 years earlier actually i think probably 20 years earlier um yeah she just wouldn't let me have it and so a lot of the clothes that i got as a child were hand-me-downs i have um several cousins but i have a cousin who's like four or five years older than me um and i would always get her hand-me-downs like always 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 get her hand-me-downs so everything that i was wearing was a hand-me-down um was a few years uh like behind fashion wise um And she wasn't exact, my cousin wasn't exactly fashionable either. And so it was just like, I didn't really have a lot of say in what I wore. Um, And I was just kind of taught, like, just take whatever we give you, (laughs) and stop asking questions and stop asking for things. And so now, I forgot why I'm even talking about this. Oh, yeah. So for and so now, I whenever there's like someone being like, oh, hey, here's a thing that I'm giving away. I have to really, really, really think about like, is this something that I actually can or will use? Or is this something that I just feel compelled, um, rather a a compulsion um, that I feel because I feel like I have to seize the opportunity if the opportunity for whatever it is that this is going giving, being given away to like seize that opportunity because I felt like I wasn't I'm not good enough to just buy my own um new one or one that I actually like the color or one that actually fits me or whatever um because I feel like I'm not good enough so let me see if I can bring it back y'all I excel at reminding myself the things that I know. Hey, Kalea, remember you're dealing with this. Um, You've been working on, you know, not just taking hand-me-downs just because. You've been working on positive self-talk, whatever it is. Um, Remember yourself, remember who you are, remember what you're worth. So I'm definitely getting better at self care in that aspect um and that reminding myself things that are true and reminding myself things that can be true about me ooh something that I did want to kind of talk about and this I do think goes well with um kind of wrapping it up as far as the questions that I asked myself <laughs> um was last well maybe it was last year it was like last year and this year I read this book called why won't you apologize the author's name is like Dr. Harriet Lerner I think l-e-r-n-e-r and the and the book really changed my life um a friend of mine gave it to me um whenever we like were just first I don't know if it was like whenever we were first dating or just like just friends at that point but she gave it to me and she's like you know I give it to all my new friends and I was like oh okay cool and I didn't really think much of about it because it didn't really look that important um and because I was like I don't want to read anything a white woman has to say (laughs) um but I read the book and it was really beautiful I mean it's it's definitely non-fiction y'all um But it was really beautiful because it kind of explains, not kind of, it very well explains the, the why behind things. And I'm very much someone who wants to know the why behind things. Um, Why people apologize this way, why people don't give authentic apologies, why people give bad apologies, why these apologies don't feel like apologies, whatever, whatever. And one thing that has stuck with me every fucking day ever since I read it and like I think I went on a whole (laughs) I don't know um rant about it preaching the gospel of this was if there's something that you want to be or do you have to just do it and I hate that saying like I'm not explaining it well but really what what she was saying was Let's say I want to be a more positive person, right? Let's say I'm like a Debbie Downer um, and I want to be a more positive person. Well, what are things that a positive person would do? A positive person would point out the positive um, or the good things in different situations or from different people. Um, A positive person would say happy things. A positive person would, mm, instead of harping on the negative Uh, details a positive person would focus more on like the what's it called the silver lining Um, a positive person would speak encouragement to other people and to themselves Um, and so even though you are maybe like a negative person whether that's just something that's part of your personality or whether it's a learned behavior If you want to be a more positive person, you have to do things that a positive person would do. If you want to um, be a better partner, then you have to do things that a better, a good partner would do. If you want to be a better listener, then you have to be a better listener by doing things that a better listener would do. And it sounds really simple, almost to like a patronizing point, like, yeah, no shit, but I don't really think that it was ever explained in such an elegant and applicable way um, as what I read in the book. And so as far as what I excel at is making plans and making steps of like, okay, example, I want to be a a better I want to be a more active person, right? I want to I move my body in more ways that feel good and natural to me. Okay, well, what is something that um, an active person would do? Uh, an active person would um, make a schedule for when they go to the gym or when they do yoga or when they ride their bike or whatever the fuck, you know, they like to do. An active person would say yes to opportunities to do these things with themselves or with other people. Um, an active person would do the things. An active person would buy the right equipment um, and holding myself to it and extending grace when I maybe am not as good on my bicycle that I would like to be um, or whenever I just don't have it in me to move my body in that capacity today. Um, So yeah, I think that that is what I excel at, since you asked. (laughs) Um, Next up, we usually do manifestation mash. I'm not gonna do that. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that like a separate little snippet, but I honestly do not feel like that today. and this is the part of the show where I do hey if you have any advice hey guests if you have any advice share it um all I'm going to say is do the thing if this is something that you want to be whether it's i want to be a photographer or i want to read more books or I want to learn how to cook or I want to be a better partner or I want to be a happier person, then figure out what those people do, what cyclists do, what good partners do, what um, happy people do, figure out what they do and do those things and remind yourself every single time you fail, because you will, that, hey. I'm learning here. This is not the end of the world. This is just something new and different. And we just can't do things perfectly the first, second, or even third try. But as we do them more, it feels less robotic. It feels less forced. And it ends up feeling more natural. And it becomes just a part of your day. That is my advice. And promotions. It's me. My podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Nama Shea Living. N A M um, A S E Living. On there, you can find um, a link to some of the different products that I make. I make some different skin products like lotion bars, um, sun, not repellent, sunscreen, bug repellent. Um, salves, eczema oil. Um, I'm always adding kind of to my repertoire of things that I make. Um, and you can order that way. Um, that's also where you can find the different podcast episodes. Um, and if you'd like, you can visit my coffee. It's spelled K-O-F as in Frank Icom dot com slash Living. And that's where you can find um my products that you can buy, as well as there's like a shit ton of yoga videos that I uploaded <laughs> from like two years ago um, that you're welcome to practice with. They're like usually range between 10 to 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate y'all for listening. And I really like from the bottom of my heart, appreciate every single person who's ever been on the podcast Um, who's ever listened to my podcast, who's ever shared my podcast, who's ever recommended, it means so fucking much to me. Like, really and truly, it means so goddamn much um, to know that you listen and that you enjoy, or that it made you think or that you learned something about yourself or something about the world. Um, It means so much to me whenever you buy my products. These are things that like I made out of a need that I had or a friend or a family member had Um, and I wanted to be able to just provide some goodness to myself and to others. And so every time y'all support me in these different ways, it really makes me feel just so deeply wonderful and purposeful in this world. And I hope that there are things in your life that make you feel really good. Um, I hope that there are things in your life that make you feel um, like you're doing the right thing. Like you're living in your purpose. One of your purposes. I think that we can contain multitudes and we don't have to be just on one thing. So y'all, that's it. Um, Namaste and ashe. Yeah!